In the fight game, if you lose more than a few in a row, there's a good chance that your career is just over. You might get cut from the promotion you're in, and there's no guarantee that somebody else will sign you. You are a few losses away from catastrophe at all times. And so what makes the victories on this list today so awesome is that when these fighters were on the brink, they did something spectacular to stop the spiral and get back on track. Hey guys, just before we get into it today, I just want to say, you know, we got a lot of sponsors here at MMA on point. Obviously, at this point, we've talked about True Classic a bunch of times, but they are really good. They are great shirts. They do fit really nicely. They do come in a range of colors, okay? If you are going to get some t-shirts, make it True Classic and use the discount code, okay? We're getting it for you. A deal for you. You don't need any other shirts when you got a bunch of True Classic. So today, they're giving first-time orders 25% off at trueclassic.com. All you got to do is use the code MMA on point 25. That's 25% off your first order, okay? That's a bargain. That's a deal. All right, but it's not just T-shirts, okay? They are also doing shorts as well. And these are quality shorts, all right? You could wear these anywhere. You could wear them out on the night out. You could probably even go to the gym in them. You could just walk around the office in them like I do. Super comfy. They're a stretchy material, okay? If you want to throw some head kicks out there. If you don't want to buy t-shirts with your 25% off, get yourself some shorts. they got other stuff on there as well, all right? Take advantage of it. So again, if you want to get yourself some new clothes for the summer, some shorts, some nice t-shirts, okay? We're giving you 25% off. Partnering with True Classic, again, okay? It's the code MMA on point 25 at trueclassic.com. You're welcome. Uh, Sean Strickland... Thanks for the 25% off, Sean. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. A massive thanks to our biggest channel supporters and our Hall of Famers. And these are 10 fighters who broke losing streaks with epic wins. Number 10, Frank Mir. Being a heavyweight is tough. Considering the champ usually holds the belt for all of two seconds, it seems like a pretty rough gig when you think about the fact that most of them will never hold that title. Not Frank Mir, though. The man won the belt, nearly died in a motorcycle accident, came back two years later and fought his way to four more title fights. Even if two of those were interim, but whatever. Following his final challenge, though, against JDS, a TKO loss in the second round, Frank went on the worst run of his career. He'd never lost back-to-back -back fights at that point, but would see four straight. JDS, DC, a TKO loss to Josh Barnett, and finally a UD against Alistair Overeem. Most fighters would have been cut after four losses, but not someone with the cred of Frank Mir, and it was the right decision to keep him around, as he would finally bounce back in epic fashion, KOing Bigfoot Silva in just a minute 40 to earn a performance of the night bonus. Welcome back, Frank. He'd follow that up with another KO win, this time 27 seconds faster against Todd Duffy and get himself another 50 Gs back to back. Now, things wouldn't go super great after that, so we'll just end the story there, but an epic breaking of his streak nonetheless. Number nine, Julian Arosa. Who says you can't have fourth chances, huh? After losing to the GOAT Artem Lobov in the semifinals of Tough 22, Julian Arosa would earn a win on the finale before getting KO'd by Teruto Ishihara and cut from the UFC. But two years and eight fights later, including a loss to Paddy Pimblett, he'd work his way onto the Contender Series where he'd get a head kick KO of Jamal Emmers and a shiny new UFC contract. Things would not go well, though. Julian would get KO'd in the first round by Devontae Smith in his return, then drop a decision to Grant Dawson and was cut again, only to be re-signed for a bout only a few months later, where he would again be KO'd and again 
and cut from the UFC. Julian would break his losing streak with a bulldog choke against some dude on the regional scene before the UFC asked him to come back on short notice to take on Sean Woodson. His skid technically already halted. Arosa would finally get another UFC victory, his first since the tough finale. And not only that, but he would earn a performance bonus as a result of his Darce choke. Julian is still on the UFC roster now to this day. Good for him. Number eight, Dan Hardy. Despite his meteoric rise up the card and into a huge high-profile title challenge against George St. Pierre, Dan Hardy only really earned the respect of many fans after his loss to GSP, where despite losing all five rounds soundly, he survived some gnarly submission attempts and thus won them over. But unfortunately, that would not translate into victories. In fact, he would lose three more in a row after his title challenge. First, he decided to stand and bang with Carlos Condit, which didn't work out how he'd hoped. Then he would lose a UD to the scariest welterweight of all time, the one that was somehow Anthony Rumble Johnson. In a fight of the night headlining effort, Dano would see his fourth straight loss when he was submitted by the retiring Chris Lytle. Hardy's journey had seen him at the height of the sport, now relegated to the first prelim bout on FX before a pay-per-view, taking on future coach of the year Dwayne Bang Ludwig, and bang they did. Daniel would snap his losing streak with a first round KO that would earn him a 50k bonus and a return to co-main event status in his next fight before his career was unfortunately cut short due to a heart condition. Number 7, Jim Miller. Back in 2013, Jim Miller was out in the woods and got bit by a tick. He didn't know it at the time and it didn't even leave a mark, but as a result of the little parasite, Miller would contract Lyme disease and for the next three years not even know that it was causing him all kinds of problems. After he finally received treatment, he would have to contend with post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome, which essentially put Jim's life on hard mode. As a result, he would drop four fights in a row. Three decisions back-to-back, Dustin Poirier, Anthony Pettis, and Francisco Trinaldo, absolutely no shame in any of those losses. He'd follow that up by getting KO'd with a knee by Dan Hooker. It was seriously bad times, but in the latter part of 2018, Miller was finally able to get beyond the fatigue of his condition and go full Jimmy on somebody, and that poor somebody would be Alex White, who he would earn an RNC win against in under 90 seconds. Post-fight, Miller chronicled his Lyme disease journey to Joe Rogan. He has since gone on to get the most wins and the most fights in UFC history. Number 6. Cody Garbrandt There were few falls faster or more frustrating than that of Cody Garbrandt after that god-tier performance against Dominic Cruz that won him the bantamweight title. Of course, next, Team Alpha's top dog would try to settle the score with former friend TJ Dillashaw and get TKO'd in spectacular fashion before Tyler tried to stick his whole head in his mouth. Their title fight rematch would see Cody G KO'd again, this time in under five minutes. And then the most perplexing of losses took place, not to discount Pedro Munoz, of course, Cody had only ever lost to Dillashaw, one of the best of the best. So it was a shock to everyone when Garbrandt decided to just swang and bang with Pedro in the first round and earn himself another TKO loss. Due to a host of issues, we wouldn't see Cody again in the cage after his three-fight skid for over a year, but he would return at UFC 250 pandy-style. No fans there to see his epic second-round walk-off KO of Rafael Asuncao. It truly was a thing of beauty, though. Garbrandt's had a bit of a rough run since that win, but hey, he's back in the cage and got a victory just last March. Number 5, Takanori Gomi. One of the great tragedies as a result of the death of Pride was just how poorly the awesome Takanori Gomi translated to the UFC. The former Pride lightweight champion could never seem to string together any significant wins, losing all of his highest profile bouts like his debut against Kenny Florian and fights with Clay Guida, Nate Diaz, and Diego Sanchez. Things would truly take their worst turn 
return though starting in 2014. Gomi would lose five straight in the UFC, all in the first round. And after all that, the Fireball Kid was finally released, but he was not done with his MMA career. He would return to Japan later that year and compete in Ryzen, where he would suffer yet another loss. I know, this story is depressing as hell, but I promise it has a happy ending. In his last ever fight following that six-loss streak, Gomi would take on Melvin Gallard, another star from his peak era in the sport, just on the other side of the world. Takanori would show a glimpse of his greatness in his final ever bout when he KO'd Gallard two and a half minutes into the first round. I cannot think of a better way to send off a legend. Number four, Dan Henderson. Coming off his victory over Fedor in Strike Force, Dan Henderson returned to the UFC and had an all-time classic with Shogun Hua. That would be the fight of the year and set up a title challenge against John Jones. That fight would of course be the headliner for the disaster that was UFC 151 and the injury to Dan's knee that resulted in that card getting canceled saw Hendo out for over a year. In his return, he would lose a split decision to Lyoto Machida and then later that year lose another split decision to Rashad Evans. Dan's 2013 would only get worse though after he was head kick KO'd by a TRT-fueled Vitor Belfort in just one minute and 17 seconds. But hey, Hendo was on TRT too, so no complaints. It was the first time that Dan had ever lost three in a row in his career dating back 17 years. He would break the historic skid though, the only way the old man knew how, having a banger with Shogun Hua. While not the same level of classic as their previous encounter, it was still fight of the night and Hendo would cap it off with a third round TKO to get himself a double bonus. Not a bad way to get back in the win column. Number three, Anthony Pettis. There are few humiliations in MMA more stinging than being planted on the cover of Wheaties box and heralded as the future of the sport, but the box hits the store shelves after you've already lost your title. Such was the case for the unfortunate Anthony Pettis, who after defending the UFC lightweight championship once and being heralded as the sport's evolution, got 50-45'd by RDA. Rough business and he'd follow that up with a split decision loss to Eddie Alvarez and then a UD loss to Edson Barbosa. Showtime had fallen on hard times. The solution at the time seemed to be to move down to featherweight and it was a move that paid off with a win that has aged like a good Pinot Noir. Pettis would get a submission victory of all things, how the hell, over future lightweight champion Charles Oliveira. Funny enough, Mr. Olives helped break another losing streak for another former lightweight champion who lost the title and then moved down to featherweight. That would be Frankie Edgar. Lost the belt to Smooth Ben, lost the rematch because of course there was a rematch, it's Frankie Edgar, got UD'd by Jose Aldo for the featherweight strap, and then broke the skid by getting a decision in the fight of the night over Charlie. What a guy he is for helping out those former champs. Number two, Tito Ortiz. After back-to-back beatdowns of Ken Shamrock to huge ratings, Tito Ortiz finally saw himself back in the title picture with a chance to avenge his loss to rival and champion Chuck Liddell. Unfortunately for Tito, Chuck would have his number yet again and earn a third round TKO stop. He would bounce back with a victory over Rashad Evans. At least that's what we would be saying if Tito wasn't deducted a point for grabbing the fence, turning his win into a draw. The next three years would only see Ortiz fight once every 12-month period, and he would lose every single one of those fights. First, he got 30-27 against Lyoto Machida, then he would see a split loss to Forrest Griffin, and finally his pupil Matt Hamill would take a UD from him in 2010. So if you're keeping score, that's no wins in five years in five straight fights. Next, Ortiz would get the old man who won't leave treatment as he was thrown to the Lions in the form of up-and-coming stud who had only ever lost to John Jones, Ryan Bader. Well, guess what, Dana? It's your 
your worst nightmare because Tito would, to quote the late great Chris Penn, out of the fucking blue, snatch Bader's neck in the first two minutes and earn a massive upset victory and a submission of the night bonus. It would be his last ever UFC win, but what an epic one. Number one, Vanderlei Silva. Sometimes people need a reminder that someone is a bad motherfucker, and Vanderlei Silva did exactly that in May of 2008. Two years earlier, Vandy was arguably the best fighter in the entire world. He'd only suffered two losses in his last 24 bouts, one of those being an openweight fight against Mark Hunt. He'd won the 2003 Pride Middleweight GP. He was the middleweight champion. He was him. And then in the semifinal of the 2006 Heavyweight GP, Silva would run into some serious trouble in the form of a head kick KO by Mirko Krokop, his first ever stoppage loss since all the way back in 1998 against Vitor. But hey, the dude shouldn't be fighting at heavyweight. Krokop is one of the best in the world in that division. Let's have him defend his middleweight title against Dan Henderson to bounce back. Oh shit, another KO loss and pride is dead. That's okay, he's always wanted to fuck Chuck and now he can. The fight of the year, however, would unfortunately result in yet another loss. Cut to UFC 84. Keith Jardine. He had just beaten Chuck Liddell in the best win of his career. Vandy only needed 36 seconds to remind everybody why he was so feared with what would end up being the knockout of the year at the World MMA Awards. Man, these wins had to feel so freaking good. Just everything's been down for like years and then boom, some massive victory. Please show some love to the editor, Luke Taylor. He did a fantastic job and go tell him on his socials. A massive thanks to our channel champions as well. You guys helped make this possible. And hey, you could be one too if you hit the join button. All kinds of awesome exclusive content like our weekly writers meetings. What's your favorite comeback win after some losses? Let me know down in the comments below. Thanks for watching and have a good one. Thank you